Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast, episode 221. In this week's episode, we have an incredible guest. Thanks, mate. I cast myself more as a co-host than a guest, but oh, thank you. Very nicely done. Thank you. This week, I sit down with Sergio Garcia. Wow. Masters champion, now a fireball yes. captain. Um, this was actually recorded at the end of last year. This was before... John Rahm had even moved to live. Mm. So we probably don't, we don't even discuss it in this podcast. However, we do dive into lots of juicy, juicy topics, including his desire and will still to be a Ryder Cup player and a Ryder Cup pl- captain. Yes. Also, how desperate, and I mean desperate he is, to win the Open Championship. And he will do everything in his power to play in every single Open Championship for the rest of his life. And then, even more important than the Open Championship, this Friday, 4pm, UK time, Sergio Garcia, Rick Shields. Rick starts 10 under par. Sergio starts level par. Who wins? Who's a man? Who's a mice? We will find out on Friday. 4pm. Do not miss it. <laughs> I might be watching it behind the sofa. Anyway, more exciting news as well. This podcast today is sponsored by Marriott Bonvoy because we're doing something exciting with Marriott Bonvoy, or I am. I'm, I can't wait to do be able to play with some Marriott Bonvoy members. Well, speaking of how you felt when you teed up with the famous Sergio Garcia, the Masters champion, a few, in fact, a handful, a number of, of lucky Marriott Bonvoy members they can have that same first tee experience where although they won't be teeing up with a, a Masters champion and a Ryder Cup legend and a captain of the Fireballs, they will be teeing up with Rick Shields at Marriott Worsley Park who one shot 77 on preferred lies. There we go. Yes. Take that. <laughs> so it, it is going to be exciting. There is some terms and conditions. I want you, every single one of you get involved. Obviously, there's Marriott's around the world, but Marriott Bonvoy is a travel programme of Marriott International. It encompasses an extraordinary portfolio of over 30 brands membership is free rick and full of unlimited travel possibilities and all members get immediate access to members rates mobile service through marriott bonvoy mobile app and free wi-fi everybody needs free wi-fi guys you do because you've got a good thumb for scrolling would you agree Nicely saved. Um, <laughs> the more you stay, the better the benefits get. For example, bonus points, late checkout, always a winner for you, Rick, after a bit of a few Guinnesses. Although maybe not so much not anymore. anymore. Now you're in the gym anymore. instead. I need late checkout because I've been in the gym too long. Like. Okay, this is maybe more for you then. A room upgrade. You like yes. a bit of a room upgrade. Welcome gifts and much, much more. 
and members can earn points for stays at hotels, resorts, premium home rentals, tours and activities, and even on dining, spa and golf. Everyone loves golf. In particular, uh, sorry, in participating hotels without a stay, as well as through everyday purchases with co-branded credit cards, Marit Bonvoy American Express card. Members can redeem their points for experiences, including future stays, uh, Marriott, Marriott Bonvoy moments, and shop with points and so much more. I'm a fan of Marriott. Marriott Worsley Park is, would you say it was our kind of, it's one of our homes, isn't it? It's our home away from home. It's certainly mm. where we filmed a huge bunch of our incredible videos there from such videos as straightest golf ball, illegal straightest golf ball, to tall Paul the Paul world's Paul. tallest guy. I, I want to get Paul back on the channel yeah. again soon. I like Paul. And many other incredible videos. Um, and again, this is a chance to play with me at Marriott Worsley Park. Now, all you need is one Marriott Bonvoy point. One? Just one? That's it. Wow. That is it. Um, to play golf with you. To, that's it. Is there any pressure on you, by the way, in this situation? A little bit. I yeah. do feel... I, I, I get nervous anyway. Um but to be able to play with real humans yeah. who watch the channel, who are like, Rick, we expect so much from you. You know what, though? Do they expect much from me? Yes. Let's picture the scene, right? <laughs> My name's Gary, okay? I live in Milton Keynes. Hi, Gary. I have entered in a moment. I'll explain how I did this, but I, I got into this day with you via Marriott Bonvoy, my one point, okay? And I booked the day off work to get there. So I rang my boss. Hi, Nigel. I can't come in tomorrow. I'm going to play playing golf with Rick Shields. Gary enjoy it mate it's a once in a lifetime opportunity thank you uh, and how also, much it cost you one point one Marriott Bonvoy point wow. and also Nigel I'm actually going to be playing at a golf course I've wanted to play for so long I am playing at the Marriott Worsley Park so Nigel gives me his blessing <laughs> I get there blessing. on the first tee I meet you Rick we shake hands I'm excited nice to see you what tee shot do you hit Rick Shields on that first tee in front of me? I've pretty much got a track history of just pulling it left into the rough. Correct. Because it's the perfect place to hit it. Yeah. There's no point in it in the fairway. What's the point? No. It's too hard. You've got bunkers down the right. You've got, you got that bush that's practically OB down the right. Just pump it down the left and just let it go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you are already a member, um, I'm sure you already have one point. But if you are not a member, no worries. Because you can join Marriott Bonvoy for three through the link in the description of this podcast and the video podcast. Earning one Marriott Bonvoy point is easy. Even if you do not travel in the UK and selected other markets, you can earn points on a coffee. Wow. Or a great meal, or participate in hotels, even on spa treatments and golf, as I mentioned earlier. Once you have your point, be ready. On the 7th of March at 4pm GMT, the package drops on Marriott Bonvoy Moments platform. There's 10 packages available for one point and a few more auctions afterwards. Wow. This is, this is going to be... 10 people, Rick. I'm actually getting more nervous. There's only 10 Gary stood there on the first two waiting for you. <laughs> now, also, there's loads of uh, advantages for being a Marriott Bonvoy for golfers. As Marriott Bonvoy members, you can make sure you got on the very best out of your golf club. So if you're going to a Marriott golf club and you're a Bonvoy member, you are getting the best of the best. You can earn points on golf without a stay. Link your credit card to start earning five Marriott Bonvoy points per one US dollar spent at participating hotels in the UK. There's five hotel and country clubs across the UK in idyllic locations and the seven premier 
challenging, you can vouch for that, challenging golf courses, including five championship golf courses. All the information you need is in the description below. If you're watching on YouTube, description below. If you're listening on uh, Spotify or Apple, go in the description box below. There's the URLs. Sign up, get your point, and come and uh, potentially play golf with Rick Shields and um, enjoy it. Enjoy it. You'll be there as well, sure. I'll be, I'll be there vibing, but I'll have the pressure of hitting a shot, you see. So what I can do is I can say, when you hit a bad one, I'll go, I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> when like you hit a good it. one, I'll go, that was a fluke. I like it. Um, also, in the in the last week or so, I was going to come on to the Sergio Garcia podcast, because that, that is the juicy part of today's podcast. They also had the return of Tiger Woods this weekend. Yeah, I want to talk about this briefly. He uh, he appeared in his own, pretty much his own tournament. He's the host of the Genesis uh, Invitational at Riviera, a golf course that looks so unbelievably pure. Mm. I think it was one hole, was it the sixth hole, which had a greening regulation percentage of less than 20%. Wow. So like golfers could not hit that green one it's it's an upside down saucepan but the guys are hitting like four irons and five irons into that green they just couldn't hold the green at all um unfortunately friday evening i was sat there claire my wife had nipped out for mm-hmm. some friends from school i was sat there eating actually had a healthy meal nice didn't have any beers wow put the tv on tiger's tiger's playing yep. this is it this is it tiger is back i'm excited i'm i'm you know he's he's he shot one over front uh, first round you know he can get this back he's going to make the court it's going to be epic he's going to have a weekend charge and go and win it by 12 and he just didn't look like the same tiger woods as no. as we know and after was it about seven or eight holes he actually had to retire through apparently he did something similar to what i did correct i was always going to tweet about it because i walked off at st andrews when i was playing bob the sports because of the tommy tummy bug and tiger did exactly the same yeah so that's the the one thing that me and tiger have in common you know what i'm gonna say i sing up this on the way to work this morning and how i articulate it in the best way i possibly can be careful i'm gonna, I'm gonna try careful. i'll try my best hear me out I love Tiger Woods. That's that's no secret. Uh, I am Guy Chanak and I uh, love Tiger Woods. I love Woods. Tiger Woods. And I would love nothing more than Tiger Woods to win another major, another five majors, another 10 majors. I'd love to win every other event he ever plays in. Of course I would. I grew up <laughs> watching Tiger Woods, idolising Tiger Woods. Ambitious. Playing the games, at the Tiger Woods PGA Tour games, everything about Tiger Woods I do. However, I am currently at a situation where I am over the Tiger Woods hype when he comes back now to play. I'm over it. It's happened so many times and there's so much expectation and there's so much anticipation and there's so much media coverage around it. And we obviously play a part in that by getting so excited. And on Thursday, my dad rang me and he was like, oh, do you know Tiger's about to tee off? I said, oh, I didn't do. I knew he was playing tonight. I didn't know he was about to tee off. I'll put it on. Put it on. Okay, yeah, quite entertaining. Seeing him back in his new Sunday red clothing looked a bit weird at first. Quickly got used to that. But I'm just... I am over it. I want him back. I want him healthy. I'd love him to win events, I've just said. But the hype, I just feel like I've moved on in my life and I'm just not it's getting... Been a, it's been a pleasure co-hosting the podcast <laughs> with the guy. Um, if, you, if you collect your vlog news at the door... <laughs> I'll take my Tiger Bob head on the way out, ironically. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it, but I, I also, I understand where you're coming from because I, was I as, as excited this weekend seeing Tiger back... I can't say I was. No. I, I. Why did I turn the TV on on Friday when, the, you know, obviously the tournament was on? It was because of Tiger Woods. Why did I turn the TV off 15 minutes after he pulled out? Because Tiger Woods mm. pulled out. 
it, it, for me, the reason why I watch, certainly on a Friday night, I like watching golf on a Sunday, I do. Because you obviously see the drama and you see the winning. I d- I'm not a Friday evening watcher of golf, albeit my wife was out. You know, I had, a, I had the free night to watch golf as much as I wanted to. I wanted to watch Tiger Woods in that situation. And as soon as he pulled out, I was a bit like, okay, I, I'm kind of done now. Yeah. I don't, the leaderboard wasn't as packed full of names that I wanted to watch. Um, you never really ever see Tommy Fleetwood on, no. the, on the on the um, US coverage, do you really? And he was up there. I think he finished top 10. You see loads of bloody Patrick Cantley. You see loads of Justin Thomas. You see loads of Jordan Spieth. You know, I love I love uh, JT and, and Jordan Spieth. Um, you just don't see that many players. I'm, a, I'm, I'm not overly impressed the more I've been watching professional golf over the last few weeks, and I would say watching it with a very critical eye, yeah. I have been less fond of professional golf in, as a whole. It's funny you say that because, so I just said then, my dad rang me on Thursday about Tiger teeing off and I watched it, watched a couple of holes. And I'll be honest with you now, and I hate to admit it, I just turned it off. And it was just because, great to see Tiger back after a few holes, got used to it. But with professional golf, it's often four days, and I know lives three days realistically other than the majors for me I don't get that invested on like you said Thursday, Friday or even Saturday so I thought of a new way of professional golf could be run hear me out it's not that revolutionary but I think it'd make it so much more exciting for me personally you might agree Rick you might disagree and people at home may agree or disagree so to give every round a purpose let's take professional golf down from four rounds not even three rounds like live let's take to two rounds have 18 holes then there's a cut so there's a reason to watch that first day because every single shot matters and your favourite player might not make the cut. That's on Saturday. It goes from, like, say, 100 in the tournament or whatever to then down to, like, 50, so it halves the field. Then, you know, Sunday is the final day, so you have to be watching to see who wins. But what we could then do, a bit like the F1 does, is televise a Friday practice round. So you're still getting three days of golf on TV. The Friday practice round, let's mic them up, let them hit multiple balls if they want to and test out the greens and get it, on, get it you know, get us watch that. Maybe we could learn some stuff. Maybe the players might be open to on-course interviews, walking on the fairway a bit more, or even almost over the ball. Go, right, what are you doing here, um, Tiger? Right, I'm going to hit this 7-9 bump and run to test how fast the greens are. They may not want to get involved, they may do. But you can kind of watch that very much as chilling feet up that's all in the background, dipping and out. And then for Saturday comes, bang, you've got 18 holes, every shot matters. And then Sunday, bang, it's the final day. Yeah, I, 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 I like that. I tweak it just Go by on, a touch. tweak. Because the one thing that you would struggle there with is ticket sales on site. Yeah. Because if you're reducing it down from four days to effectively two, yeah. I would actually go a little bit earlier than that. So still have maybe a Wednesday's bit of a program. Okay. Yeah. It's not televised. People can go and spectate if they want. It's a nice little money maker. Get your autographs. You get your autographs. It's also good for sponsors, etc. So that, that's your Wednesday. Yeah. Your Thursday becomes that practice round. Okay. Uh, you're right. Why would I want to watch on Thursday? I'd want to watch. Rory McIlroy on the side of a green talking me through how yeah. he plays a shot like that. Yeah. And you know, I think who does a really good job of that, uh, George, um, God, his surname slips my mind now. From the RNA. The South African, yeah. not South African, New Zealand. Is he from New He's Zealand? He's from New Zealand, I think. Um, Harper. Yes. George Harper does a brilliant job at that, the open. Mm-hmm. Correct. And do you remember that time when he's like going into Rory and saying, if you hold this put, I'll give you 20 yep, quid. I do. Get someone like a George Harper and a few others on the ground interviewing these players, these kind of cheeky chappy presenters who do a really good job of getting this, these information out of these players. That's your Thursday. And I, I would genuinely want to watch that. And you'd get so many short clips from that as well. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you? The little yeah. three minute clips, etc. So we've got, we've agreed on that Wednesday's a pro-am day. Thursday is this day. Day, so that's the casual day. What's then 
Then I'm, it's, I, I can, I'm going with you approach on Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Got no problem with that at all. Saturday is your, is your almost your, every shot matters. And yeah. if you don't make the cut, you're, you're out, you've gone home. The other guarantee there, at least a Saturday, you're guaranteed to see all the best players. So you take little Jimmy, day, his day off school, obviously on a Saturday, goes to the event with his dad and his mum and his dad or whatever. He sees his Guaranteed players. he's going to see everyone, which yeah. again, the advantage that Liv's got. Sunday, yeah. you need a winner. I don't mind that at all. Yeah. Friday, what I'd actually quite like to see Still a bit of competitive, but like a two-man tournament. Like every, almost every time. Two against two. Two against two. And you can have little cash games in the four balls. Mm-hmm. But like, mic them all up. And it might only be 10 groups. It doesn't have to be a lot of groups. But you could have this kind of like two versus two format. You could have a running tally. You could almost have a round robin for the rest of the year where, yeah. you know, it might be JT and Tiger Woods are the, are the pair. They always pair with each other. Next week, they're playing against Jordan Spieth and... Hideki Matsuyama mm-hmm. and whoever wins that earns points and there's a bit of a cash game yeah. and, you know and Marriott Bonvoy points Marriott Bonvoy point nice. one each we can have a chance <laughs> to play at Marriott, Marriott Worsley Park and then in the um, each event each week it builds up and builds up and builds up so you actually on a Friday you end up getting to a final pairings almost mm. and then Saturday Sunday and I agree I think that's the thing isn't it there'll be people listening to this now who absolutely love watching golf and that's great and I, and I kind of wish I was that person really who'll watch Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and they'll be listening to us now going, shut up, you're talking nonsense. But I, I've said this before and I'll say it I say it again, I do feel guilty as a golfer that the golf is on the Thursday night. Tiger Woods, my childhood hero, is playing and I'm still not, en- not engrossed because it doesn't feel that important. I'm going to say something. I think it's going to get me in some sticky water. Is that what I'm saying? Hot water, I think. Hot water. Sticky, sticky hot water. Sticky hot water. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Slightly mislived this weekend. Wow. Just slightly. Have you become a fireball? Is that what it is? You know what it is? Wow. I'm, I'm starting to realise, like, <laughs> I don't know what it is, actually. I'm saying that I know what it is. But this weekend, because I only had one choice, I only had to watch the PJ Tour. Yeah. As my only real one choice. I quite liked that other alternative choice if I, if I wanted to. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Like if someone said to you, every Saturday, you can have a Chinese, you'd yeah. be like, hmm, kind of sick. If someone says, was a Chinese or an Indian on the rest? On you the, could swap it a little bit. Which which mm, one do you fancy? Yeah. And, and this weekend I was like, mm, I'd like a choice. I don't know if I would have made a different choice. But I'd have liked a choice, which really surprised me. Wow. Really yeah, surprised I, me. I, but I, I want to share that with the group. I want to share that with everybody. Wow. And this isn't just because with the fact we've got a live player on the podcast today. That is genuinely how I felt this weekend. Anyway, without further ado, yep. Obviously, shout out to Hideki Matsuyama for shooting sixty-two and winning at Riviera. It was ridiculous. And you know what he said after? One what? He said he obviously he was gutted that he couldn't get a picture with Tiger. Really? Even he's a Tiger fan, obviously. Wow. Um, even bigger shout out to Marriott Bonvoy. Thanks, Marriott. Um, and Bonvoy. And there's going to be ten people who will be on that tee. We're going to play an eleven ball. No, what they're going to do, I think, is they're going to play a few different, like three or four balls. You'll join a few groups, a few holes. You'll give some tips, some some hints, some uh, behind guidance. the scenes guidance of, of how you make videos at the Marriott, maybe. I don't know. You can just vibe it. Vibe it's going it. to be a very chilled out vibe day. Love it. Guys, get involved. Do not miss it. And get involved with this epic sit-down chat at Spanish Oaks, which is in Austin, Texas. Sergio Garcia's home golf course. This is a fantastic podcast that we recorded just before we went out and did the 10 shot challenge. Enjoy.
Well, Sergio, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. This is a real, an honour and a pleasure for me. Growing up, admiring you as a golfer and, and your talent and what you've achieved in the game. I'm, I'm really excited about this podcast. I can't wait to dive in <laughs> to what you've achieved in the golf game and also what you're looking to achieve and what the future looks like as well. Um, we're here in Austin mm -hmm. um, because this weekend we've got your foundation golf event. And I'd love to start things off with you telling us a little bit more about that because it sounds like a fantastic cause that you're raising money for. Yeah, thank you, Rick. Uh, obviously, it's a pleasure to to be with with you guys. Um, you know, I've uh, I've watched you guys a little bit too, so you guys are always fun to thank you to follow. Uh, no, but uh, yes, we're here. We're here in Austin, uh, where um, where uh, where I live now with uh, with my wife and and our two kids. Uh, here at uh, Spanish Oaks, uh, one of the clubs where I'm a member, and uh, yes, like you said, this weekend we have uh, we have our, our big charity event uh, for Kids ATX is called. So we try to raise as much money for uh, kids and community, uh, and uh, we um, we did it last year. It was our first year here in Austin, uh, and it went great. And we're we're super excited to to do it again with the help of uh, some of our fellow professionals, and you know. You and, 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 and all the celebrities and and all our sponsors and, and donors and stuff. So it's uh, it's great. We're we're excited. And that's to raise money for children in underprivileged areas to help them with life or uh, golf as well. Does that we, get them into golf? Yeah, we uh, we have uh, we have four organizations that we're gonna uh, benefit to, and uh, one of them is uh, Dell Children's Hospital. Uh, so it's uh, obviously it's a big. Children's Hospital here in, in Austin, and uh, you know we're we're raising money to uh, to help them you know improve and you know for anything oh, they great. need and if they need uh, uh, anything uh, any extra wings build or anything like that for uh, to take care of children. So that's one of them. Um, another one is uh, Foster Village, which is for foster parents. Wow! Um, so it's a great organization. We have uh, we have some friends that are foster uh, foster parents, and you know it's. It's really, it's really a tough, uh, tough subject uh, to talk about because, you know, you bring a, a kid that that obviously is having a tough upbringing or, or family can't take care of him or whatever, and um, and then you, you know, you have him for whatever, you know, some months or a year or a couple of years, and yeah, and you kind of have him as one of your own, <sighs> and then all of a sudden you have to give it back. And yeah. it's it's tough. So uh, those those families are are amazing. Uh, so we do that. The third one is uh, Safe Muni, which is a municipal course. It's called Lions. Uh, it's it's pretty much in the in the heart of Austin. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, it's called Lions. Lions Municipal That's Golf quite a Course. Cool yeah. name, isn't it? So we call it Muni, uh, and it's a, it's a fun course. Uh, Tom Kite and and Ben Crenshaw they grew up playing there. Uh, there's uh, so many so many kids and people that play there and uh you know there's a possibility of uh, it's owned by uh, by the university here and uh, the, the, there's a big possibility that they want to sell it and, and build whatever yeah, yeah. so we uh, we're trying to raise enough money to kind of buy it and obviously with other organizations and and make sure that we keep it there preserve it uh and so we can have you know people keep going and playing and stuff and then the fourth one this year uh it's one that obviously is very close to my heart because it's my uh, wife's foundation which yeah. is called the ugly foundation yeah uh, u-g-l-i not not y and that 
Excuse me. And stands for uh, unique, unique, uh, um, unique, gifted, loved individual, and it's an anti-bullying foundation oh, uh, that wow. she started. Yeah, she started about a year and a half ago. So um, uh, she's been doing uh, great, great work going to going to different schools and having talks and stuff like that. So it's um, you know it's it's a great cause, and uh, so we're we're trying to help as oh, much as we can for those. Brilliant. I mean that you know all all those four. Um, benefits for, from the weekend they're going to really obviously appreciate your support and any help as well and it, it leads me quite nicely on to kind of my next question obviously you're looking into putting money into the muni golf course as you mentioned lions mm -hmm. to help kids and and really anybody to try and get into golf Definitely. kind of leads me quite nicely into how what was your actual background into golf like how old are you when you first started was it easy for you to start in spain obviously you know spain now is a hugely popular golf resort mm. was it back then when you kind of first started picking up a golf club maybe not as much obviously it was four years ago when i was probably about two and a half three years old um, for me, it wasn't difficult uh, for a couple of reasons because my my dad is the head pro, and nice. he um, he's uh, he just retired, but he he was the head pro at uh, our home course in in Castellón Mediterráneo Golf uh, for uh, whatever, like 30, 35, 40 years. And he's just retired now. Yeah. What's he going to yeah, do with his time? Well, I mean, he still goes and plays every day. Does it? And, 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 you know, does his little lessons here to, to the people that he wants and stuff wow. like that. But yeah, he loves he loves the game very much. I, I'm i not sure I know anyone that loves the game more than him. So, But uh, because of that, I was very fortunate to be able to, to grow up, you know, doing sports and playing yeah. golf. Uh, not, only, not only golf, but I played also soccer and tennis. And, uh, you know, I'm a... I'm a sports uh, freak. Uh, I love I love sports, um, but uh, yeah. So I was I was very fortunate with that. I was able to 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 grow up in a in a country club and and uh, you know where my dad worked and my mom worked at the at the pro shop there. So uh, you know I was I was able to practice and and have little games with Perfect. members on the putting green and stuff like that. So so that obviously helped me. But uh, you know as as you know, it's a lot of work. And, of course, it is. To be able to to uh, become a professional and and do halfway decent, it's uh, it's never easy. And was there a point? Was there ever a turning point that was almost like? I think I'm good enough for this. Like did, maybe you might have not known as you were younger, but as your dad ever told you a, a story of where you were like at a certain age, it's like, you know, Sergio's got this, he, he's got the potential. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know personally uh, if he ever told me that. I'm, I'm sure he, he thought it at, at some point uh, because he, he saw how, you know, how I grew up and how I developed and everything. For me personally, I do remember uh, and I think it was uh, when I was 13. Yeah. Um, I remember, you know, when I was 12 and stuff, I started traveling, playing in the UK, playing a little bit here in the US, some, some, of, the, uh, some of the amateur events. But I remember when I was 13, I, I played the Spanish national ranking uh, league or, or um, however you want to call it uh, for the first time. And obviously I was playing against the best players in Spain, the best amateur players in Spain, uh, all ages. Uh, I was 13, I was pretty much the youngest. And I remember that I, uh, I did well. I won, I think, one or two tournaments that year. I finished quite high in the ranking, uh, probably finished uh, in the top five or six in the rankings. And I thought, you know, if I'm 13, I'm playing against these guys that are 
20, 25, 34 years old and the, the best in Spain and I'm, and I'm doing well with them. You know, maybe, uh, maybe this, uh, maybe we have a little future here. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, that's it because I think sometimes, and and I, again, I can't relate fully, but I, I felt like I made the mistake of staying very much at my home golf course and feeling like I'm pretty good at my home golf course. But if your game doesn't travel, you've got to test yourself against better players in different areas. You've got to go to a national level. You've got to go to the European level. And you've got to test your skills against the world stage. And and that's when you really know, oh yeah, you know what? I'm actually good enough for this or, mm. or I'm not. You know, and I think too many youngsters certainly when I was growing up didn't maybe travel as much now it feels like it's very common for talented golfers you were just mentioning a young lad from your golf course who who's showing incredible potential yeah. at the moment what did you say his name was Jose, Le, Jose Le Ballester yeah he's at uh, University of Arizona uh, uh, no uh, sorry Arizona State and, and again ASU. he's gone from your home golf course and he's straight away like a lot of talented golfers have done over the last few years have gone straight over to the states and mm -hmm. gone into university and then done incredibly well from there really um yeah like like you were saying sorry yeah i i totally agree i think that you know it's very easy to get comfortable you know with it in your in your home course and and obviously yes you you play it all the time so you you very comfortable you know exactly what you want to do and and it's it seems like it's easy to do what you want to do but yeah when you start traveling and playing getting on courses different courses and, and in, in situations that are maybe not as as comfortable not only as a golfer but i think as a as a person it helps you grow a lot you know to to, to meet new people and, and and kind of open up and uh for me um i uh obviously i i was i was studying english and and uh and i had like a like a private teacher and stuff but to come out and go to the UK and, and come to the US and and try to speak in English and stuff like that, it's, it's you know, you have to, it, it takes a lot of confidence to be able to do that. And I know that you're gonna make mistakes uh, when you when you talk and I actually have a, a couple of funny stories about that that we can go along, uh, <laughs> we can get into them what later. What way, where you, you, you you, your language stopped you maybe from <laughs> saying what you wanted to say? <coughs> no, where I, <coughs> Where I was saying something in in English that that I thought I was saying it right and I was saying it wrong and <laughs> and uh, yeah but uh, yeah but all those things definitely uh, help you grow both as a as a player but also as a person. It's funny because uh, real hardcore listeners of the uh, podcast will know, even though English is still my only language that I speak I still mess words up and I still get sayings <laughs> wrong and I still don't know if I fully know the language fully um, with obviously growing up in Spain and you had I'm guessing natural heroes in Seve and Olisar but mm -hmm. when did they kind of get introduced to your life and, and do you remember those moments those kind of key uh, key points where you got to meet I'm guessing at that age kind of heroes for you yes I um, I briefly remember meeting Seve um I think it was in El Saler in Valencia. They okay. were playing a Spanish Open, um, and uh, I remember meeting him. I think I was, I think I was probably, I want to say 80, 85 or eighty six, something okay. like that. So I was five or six years old. Oh wow, so and really young. Yeah. So my my dad knew knew Sevi. They obviously my dad came uh, as a as a caddy from madrid and and, and they obviously knew each other as, as caddies and stuff um so uh, i remember meeting him meeting 
Werner Langer. Uh, I remember that they played a, a little soccer game at uh, there. They have a nice pitch there, and and you know I have a couple pictures uh, with me being very very little, very young, and and you know them wearing like and they would play soccer, soccer. Yeah, like soccer soccer shorts and, and stuff like that. So a little Germany versus Spain match. <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember what what the. I'm sure it was a big mix of of players, but um, that was my first time meeting Sevi. Uh, and then, uh, and then I, uh, you know, I, I obviously got to see him a little bit uh, farther down the road uh, as an amateur uh, playing in in, uh, in Santander in Pedreña, yeah. uh, and and then I remember '95, '96, uh, me as an amateur and him kind of getting towards the end of his career. We we played. Uh, we played a couple rounds at the at the British Open in Royal Athens and Ends yeah. in '96, um, Spanish Open '95, which was his last victory, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, in in Madrid, at um, so at Club de Campo. Uh, so you know all those, yeah, obviously all those That's memories, really cool. and then and then obviously when I turned pro and Sevich trophies and, and stuff like that. So did he? Did you? ever give you any words of wisdom was there any I'm guessing he, he mentored you or helped you along the way was there any real moments he was like Sergio this is something you need to know about professional golf uh, well I mean he he always told me to uh, to believe in myself uh, obviously he um, you know he saw me play and, and he knew what what I could or couldn't do but uh, I always looked up to to him and and tried to I remember when we were pre- practice rounds you know try to see some of the imagination that he had in in the shots and and I tried to kind of uh, suck that in as much as I could uh, to uh, and to, to to help me you know in, yeah. in my game but uh, but more than anything he was just a very very confident person uh, huge charisma uh, and you know it was it was always fun to to see him think about shots and 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 see you know what what was going in in his mind did it give you confidence as well knowing that someone obviously of, of service stature did so well in the professional game did it kind of give you the confidence coming from spain to like yeah i can do this too i can i can follow in his footsteps yes without a doubt him olatavel jimenez at yeah. that time too uh so they were all they were all you know, huge players doing doing well from Spain, which which at that time golf in Spain wasn't as big as it is now. Now it's huge now. Uh, so uh, so all those things definitely definitely help when you see fellow countrymen doing doing well in front of you uh, or ahead of you. It's always it's always a plus, and 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 it kind of gives you a little bit of a you know kick in the butt, saying oh you know what. We might come from a smaller country or maybe not as popular uh, golf players as others, but you know they're doing well. Why? Why? Why can I not? Why can exactly? And, that, and like I say, give, and you've now as well. You've now helped with the develop of the next wave of, of Spanish talent. You mm-hmm. mentioned the young lad from your golf course and and John Rahm. I'm guessing as well who kind of looked up to. Sevi, Olasabal, him and as yourself, and it's like, yes, okay, we can keep doing it. I think sometimes like that really helps golf um golfers from countries who maybe not known from the US, like obviously golfers in the US have always had great players and as from the UK, etc. It kind of gives you that confidence, yeah, I can go out there. And we're starting to see it now in more Scandinavian countries like Sweden and mm-hmm. Norway. And you know, I think it really helps when players can break through the barrier and make it into professional golf because it really just helps the next wave of young talent Definitely. to think they can achieve that as well. 
what are the I'm guessing the highlights of your whole career and I'd love to dive into it nice and early mm-hmm. 2017 yeah the Masters definitely one of them <laughs> what, is, is it is it the one or is it does something top the fact that you won the Masters in 2017 yeah I mean that's that's definitely that's definitely on top uh, with but I think with it's on top with with others with others you know I've been I've been fortunate to to have uh, to have a very nice career uh, and still going, but uh, you know, obviously, I mean, I can I can forget Ryder Cups, and and I had so many fortunate and, and amazing moments there. Uh, so so that that obviously uh, that's obviously it's 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 you know something that I I cannot put aside, uh, but. Um, Wins in Spain are always special uh, when you win in your home country. Um, the 2008 Players Championship yeah. was my first big, big win individually. So, so obviously that that also that also is up there. But but yeah, obviously the Masters winning winning not only a major but winning at Augusta it's uh, you know it's super super special. And obviously you get to go to the Champions Dinner every year. Mm-hmm. You get to be part of the masters and playing it every single year like how special is that like when you're turning up to driving down magnolia lane and you know that your green jacket's there waiting for you because it am i right in saying it has to stay at the club so how it works is you win the masters that first year from when you win it to the next year when you play it as a defending champion you get to you get to take the jacket with you and travel around yeah Obviously, you have to ask for permission when you use it. It's quite a lot of strict rules, isn't it? Uh, yes, <laughs> yes, it's not. It's a, it's a, it's a great piece of clothing, but uh, it has it has its rules. Uh, that it comes with a rules yeah. book. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> you have to, you can only wear certain colors with it. Am I right in saying? And no, I mean not some. Obviously, you're not you're not gonna wear something that doesn't make it look good because you, you want to respect it but uh, but more than anything is make sure that you use it in the right ways and and you know uh, take uh, like respect it like like the green jacket should of course. be respected so but uh, but yeah you, you get to travel with it uh, for a year and then when you get back to Augusta and defend your title unless you win it again then it has to stay there when you leave so you can't you can't take it with you. I mean, you, you might be able to snatch it, but I don't think you want to do that. <laughs> I think they'll have trackers on it. Well, um, obviously, it's a family-friendly show. But what was the what was the most adventurous thing that you did in the green jacket? What was the, what, what was the funniest thing? <laughs> um, we we did a we were fortunate to do a lot of things. We traveled. Obviously, we played a lot. We took it to Australia. We took it to Switzerland. I have I have a couple of funny stories, but like I remember. Um, so we went to Gasta, and then the Monday, Tuesday after, you go to New York and do all the. All hey, the did morning, you go to the Empire State Building? The morning shows at Empire State, the uh, New York Stock Exchange. Uh, so you do you do all those things. I remember. We went to the New York Stock Exchange, and uh, and I'm there with the green jacket doing the bell, uh, amazing. Uh, and you know, I walk in the floor, and I'm taking pictures with different people that you know obviously saw me, and and they were fans, and and uh, and I remember that. Then we finished that. We go to do a couple of uh, 
morning shows and and I'm sitting there with my wife and uh, and I'm just kind of sitting waiting to to start my first uh, morning show and I kind of look to the to my I don't know if, I think it was the right the right yeah I think it was the right sleeve so I, I look to my to my right sleeve and I have a stain oh. I'm telling you I mean big. so like a golf ball size like a golf ball size like grease black oh my god and I'm so like, like almost like oil yes so obviously I when I was taking a picture with some of the guys someone they were wearing vests and working vests so someone must have had it and I, I just and it got on the jacket oh I look at it and I looked at my wife and I said oh my god babe you cannot believe this. I mean, it's the first day with a green jacket and I have a huge stain already on the on the sleeve. So anyway, we, we tried to get it off. Obviously you can't get it off uh, with water and stuff, but you know, okay, we're kind of hiding a little bit. Um, we finished the morning the, the morning shows. We go uh, we go to Switzerland, uh, Crown Montana, where we used to live. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna take it I'm gonna take it to a cleaners and hopefully they can get it out. Oh my God, what pressure on the cleaners as well. Yes, but here's come, here comes the funny part. Get there, take it to the cleaners, which is 50 yards in front of our house. Yeah. So I get there and I'm thinking, okay, I need to tell this person to be very careful with it because obviously it's the green jacket. Get there, hey, good morning, good morning. This was a woman. Um, so, uh, I need I need uh, I need to clean this jacket, but very delicate, very very important. She's looking at me like it's a freaking green jacket. <laughs> she doesn't know. <laughs> she's seen she's probably not seen many green no. jackets, but it looks <laughs> like just a green jacket. She, yeah, she doesn't know. She's looking at me like it's a freaking green jacket. I mean, who wears a green jacket? So I'm like, oh, just very very dead. Be careful, you know. She's like, okay, okay, whatever. Takes it. Couple of days later, I go to get it. It's perfect. Oh my God. Stain is gone. I'm like, yes. <laughs> but I mean, it was so, it was so random because I remember then a few months later, we came back, uh, we came back to, to Austin uh, to see Angela's family and stuff. And we stayed a few days and, uh, and I went to, and I went to another cleaner to, to, to take the jacket because obviously we've been traveling with it all over the world. And, and it was totally different. I get to the cleaners they see it they're like oh my god like their eyes are like this and stuff i'm like okay be careful with it they're like yeah yeah, don't worry you'll be ready in it'll be ready in, in in probably a day or two after a day and a half it's gonna take about two or three more days oh my god <laughs> like because they were almost being so delicate well i don't know if that or they were just enjoying having it oh, really? they want to give it away <laughs> i bet there's pictures somewhere on someone's whatsapp probably. group of, i'm wearing sergio's green jacket <laughs> probably uh but uh yeah it came back fine and uh yeah but uh i guess you see the difference between uh one country and the other <laughs> and and on the champions dinner when you get to go on the is it the tuesday or the wednesday tuesday, of masters week? tuesday night tuesday night do you have a certain area of the table that you sit at and who do you who do you normally sit next to and who do you normally chat to uh yes uh obviously when you when you win it uh when you do your champions dinner you sit at the head of the table with the with the chairman and and you know usually ben crencher is there and, and a couple others um and then and then you find your spot and and I sit 
uh, I sit to the to the left of Olazabal and the right of uh, I think it's Fazi Zeller. Uh, and usually everyone sits in the same spot yeah. unless then somebody can't so anymore and then yeah. they move a little bit of course yeah but uh but yeah you usually you usually sit in the same spots uh, every every time and I'm, obviously that's all closed doors that's no, there's no cameras involved no you must have heard some some incredible stories oh in yeah there. there's there's some uh, there's some great stories that uh that the the older the older winners talk uh, talk about and stuff and and they're they're fun to to listen some of them they they repeat them every year but still you still want to hear them <laughs> you nod and smile <laughs> you, and still like, okay. you still want to hear them they're still fun with with and this is an interesting question that being so far your only major win do you feel like that was a real important win did you feel like you had to win a major championship to almost in your own right deem success of your career uh for me personally no um i and i always said it i i, I thought that already uh in 2017 before i won the masters I, I felt like my career and i always said it now obviously yes it depends who you compare it with uh, but uh on average i always felt like my career was a great career uh, even without a major obviously the major makes it even better the cherry and, on and, top and yes and i don't take it back you know i i <laughs> obviously i wanted to do that and and hopefully you know i still give myself chances uh in the near future of, of more but uh you know but i always felt like you know i already had a great career uh so and and i always said you know if you if you go and talk to probably 80% of the guys that are on tour and you offer them my career, I think they will probably take it. I think they would definitely take it. Maybe 20% won't, won't <laughs> but, but I think 80 will probably take it. Do you, and, and it's one of the main barometers of, of success of professional golfers, is how many major wins, um, you know, obviously Jack Nicholas, Tiger Woods, etc. Do you think that's a fair barometer on success of a career or would you, would you vision it differently? Obviously, you, you are the most ride, decorated Ryder Cup player ever and the most points ever scored on Ryder Cup, which we're definitely going to dive into. Mm -hmm. But do you feel like it's a fair barometer that it's me it's measured on major championships? Well, I think, you know, like I said, at the end of the day, Rick, um, to me, you, you personally, you are the one that has to be comfortable and happy with your career. That's true. That's, that's the most important thing. It doesn't matter... Uh, what anyone else says, what the media says, or anything. The media are always going to ask for more because that's their job. Yeah. You know? So it doesn't matter. You know, if you haven't won a major, they tell you you've never won a major. If you win a major, they say, "Oh, well, you've only won one major." If you want to, then if you win, if you win fifteen majors, then they say, "Well, I mean, you got a, you got Jack Nicklaus at eighteen. So there's always, <coughs> sorry, there's always something more. So at the end of the day, for me personally, you have to be happy with, with your career yourself. Of That's course. the most important thing. Um, then obviously, yes. I mean, like people look and they look at, I think they look at majors, they look at Ryder Cups. Uh, I think, you know, PJ Tour wins and stuff like that, they're also important. But the thing that moves the needle more for people, it's, yeah, majors and, yeah. and maybe, maybe Ryder Cups. So, um uh, it's understandable, but uh, but that doesn't mean that, you know, like I said earlier, 
you, you can be totally happy with your career personally and and you know it's always going to feel like you maybe underachieved because you always feel like you've left some here and there of course but you know it's no no careers 100 percent perfect i know but you know you don't play by yourself so you know there's other people that also of course are trying to beat you of course and, they, and, they, they, do, and they do great yeah they're pretty good at just golf, like you're gonna do to me later exactly exactly we've got <laughs> a nice <laughs> we've got a nice little 10 shot challenge coming on later today here which i'm really excited about um but th there's obviously a drive and a passion for you to continue to win um we're obviously going to come on to live and, and you and your career so far on live but also this year right and saying you you were still trying to qualify for the open championship mm -hmm. you know is that something that you're going to continue to try and achieve every single year without a doubt so you're you're get to because i'm guessing you, you skip regional regional qualifying or do yes. you so you go straight to final qualifying mm -hmm. so effectively two rounds of golf against a big field of golfers but a lot of them are amateur golfers or professional golfers you get a sprinkling of tour players in there still yeah. you went out there this year and unfortunately did miss out but i'm guessing that's something every year you're looking to go final qualifying yes obviously i would love to i would love to qualify um without having to go to to the to the qual cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Fire, but, uh, but that's, that's my last resort. And, and uh, I did it last year for the U.S. Open. I made it and played the U.S. Open. And, and, uh, and uh, for the British Open, for the Open, uh, I was looking good and unfortunately just missed out by a by one spot but like i said and and people people were like oh you know it's so great to see sergio you know going and with everything that he's achieved and everything going and qualifying uh, trying to qualify i'm like you know i love i love golf and i love playing majors and i'm gonna give myself the opportunity like like i said 
uh, I don't know if you if you say in English, but in 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 Spanish we say like my rings are not gonna fall off because of me going and playing a qualifier no. to to try to play there. Like I, it doesn't bother me to do that, and um, you know, and I'm happy to do it. You mean you're almost you're not you're not losing pride? No, not at all. Of going to a regional qual- no. or local qualifier. Like, like some people almost think, oh, you know, he's putting himself down. No, not at all. I mean, I'm playing. There's great players there, and 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 guys that have done really really well in in their careers that are you know still trying to uh, to get into some of those majors and playing those qualifiers. So um, you know I don't see it I don't see it as a as a down as a downer, and, uh, and because of that I you know I love the challenge and I you know I tried and you know I was I was looking at my schedule the last couple of days for for next year, and I'm already writing. Hopefully, I don't have to play them, but I've already wrote the qualifier for the US Open and the qualifiers for the Open uh, to to make sure that I know where they are when they are and and I can uh, you know I can play them. So your pathways, let's say, into the US Open and the Open currently are either qualifying, like you just mentioned, through final qualifying, etc. Or I'm guessing the only other real option at the moment is doing really well in the Masters. Yeah, do well in the Masters. Um, I'm uh, I'm gonna be a member again of uh, of the European Tour next year, so uh, I will play my uh, my four events or something like that. So maybe if I do well in those, maybe I can I can get myself uh, in somehow. So uh, there's there's a couple of there's a couple of ways. What restrictions is that? Is there any restrictions now? If you become a member of the Europe the DP World Tour again, is there any real restrictions? You are you allowed to play? In majority of the events, you're allowed to only play in a few of the of the events. How no. does that work? No, I think I think you're allowed to play as as many as as many as you want. But obviously, I'm not going. I'm I'm going to play. Uh, I, I wanna. I always said that that I wanted to when I joined when I joined Live. I wanted to still keep being a member of the European Tour and play my minimum at least. You know, play my four events, and um, you know, keep my car and stuff. Obviously, they didn't make it too easy uh, to be able to do that. But uh, you know, but one of the reasons why why I joined Live was to to play less, so I could spend more time with my family. So what I'm not going to do is, you know, play my my 14 Live events and then and then play 10 or 12 more European Tour events because that defects defeats the purpose of spending more time with family. But I, I'm we're willing to make the the little extra effort to to at least keep keep my membership. So how many events do you reckon next year then you'll be playing? Is it is it fourteen live events now on a year on yes. a yearly schedule? And then how many more extra events? Obviously you've got the Masters yes. which you're obviously already into. You want to play US Open, you want to play the Open. So PJ well, Championship obviously I'm guessing if you qualify if you yeah. can get into that, but that's not maybe as high on your priority. And then what four Four to ten European no, tour events, four. not that many. Four. four. Yeah, I will play my minimum. So, yeah, so I'll be playing all in if everything goes well. I'll probably be playing about twenty-two events. Yeah, twenty-one, twenty-two events. And in, in your peak, when you were playing, and when I say peak, I mean playing all the time, full schedule. How many events were you playing per year? About twenty-seven. Okay, just so not that dissimilar really is yeah, it yeah i mean but six weeks here and there of course it, it makes a big difference and certainly you've got two children haven't you yes. you're growing up and you want to see more of them and you want yes. to be able to kind of see those grow Definitely. up as well i mean obviously this year this year for example uh, this year i played um 14 i think i played 18 19 19 events yeah Obviously, I'm, next year it'll be a little bit more because of those extras that I'm going to play for uh, for the DP World Tour. But uh, 
But if not, yeah, I mean, if you if you take, you know, eight nine weeks, you know, it's it's almost you know it's two two months. Of course it is. Um, there was also a late not a late charge, but I'm guessing a desire to try and get into the Ryder Cup team for this year as well. The captain has just been announced for the next in two years Luke Donald is going to get the captaincy again again yeah oh, it's, nice. it's been announced that he's, he's the captain for 2025 again nice will that still be a priority will that do you think that is now something that if you do obviously really well at the Masters you do really well at the other major championships there's no reason why you can't get picked because obviously now if you've got a European Tour membership and you've yes. got your four events you are eligible right yes yeah, I want to give myself uh, the best the best possibility for it. Um, then, obviously, yes, only playing a handful a handful of events. It's it's not easy to make it unless you do super super well. But uh, but I guess at the end of the day, if you know, uh, I feel like if I'm eligible, if they see that I'm making the effort, if I do well in in live and and I'm I'm consistent and stuff. At least, hopefully, I can be considered uh, because of not only because of my game, but because of what you know what uh, what I can bring to the to the team and and you know and my my history in the in the event. So I want to come we'll, on. We'll you are the most, like I mentioned, the most points winning winningest <laughs> player ever at the Ryder Cup. Is it twenty eight point five? Twenty eight and a half. Yes. That's outrageous. Well, like you I have, are I have the a lot of good partners. <laughs> the best Ryder Cup player ever. What's uh obviously Ryder Cup is passion, there's pride, there's there's that team morale, there's that kind of excitement. I, I was at this year's Ryder Cup and the and the atmosphere was absolutely electrifying. As a player, I couldn't even imagine what it's like. Yeah, it's what's nothing been, like it. What's been there's nothing like <laughs> nothing it. Like what's it. been your key moments and who has been your favorite two or three partners that you've had um, um to start with uh like you were saying to me the Ryder cup it's every single shot it's like the back nine of a major with a chance of winning yeah and that's that's what it is because you know that every single point is so important so there's there's that much hype there's so much excitement there's so much pressure and and obviously the the, the energy from the crowds and everything it's it, like you, you don't really feel that all year long so um so it makes it that's why it makes it so so special um i think you know there's there's obviously a, a few amazing moments uh to me even though we lost it 99 was huge huge Ryder Cup for me uh, because it was my first one I just turned pro that year early, I mean like five months earlier wow um, so to be able to make the team by myself and then have a great partnership with Jesper Parnovic uh, had an amazing time uh, loved every minute of it uh, unfortunately we lost it but but the 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 love that I had for the Ryder Cup before, just by watching it and and being being there, grew exponentially on that week. About just because of everything that I felt and 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 what what it meant to me. So that was obviously that was one of the big big moments. Uh, probably the first one we won in at the Belfry in 2002. Uh, it was the first time winning the Ryder Cup, so that was that was amazing to be able to celebrate um, 2012 the yeah. comeback. 
that was that was that was amazing that that was you know like we couldn't script it any better what was, cel- what was the celebrations like after that was it crazy yeah it was, i mean they're always they're always crazy they're, they're <laughs> always they're always fun they're always because it's like I, like I, like i was saying earlier there's so much pressure throughout the yeah. whole week that you get to sunday and and you finally f- release and and then you you're able to just enjoy and and not only yourself but you know with your partners and 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 your wife and and, and everyone around and your family and stuff so um so that obviously was was huge uh and then i think for me personally uh 2018 uh, in Paris was was great Uh, for many reasons uh, the weather was great the course is amazing Uh, Thomas Bjorn did an amazing job and his and his vice captains and uh, the city Uh, so it was it was just a combination I'm I'm sure that Rome was was unbelievable too but uh, but 2018 was uh, was super super special am I right in saying as well that was when you became the most decorated uh, I, yes, player. when I beat yeah, when I beat uh, um, Ricky Fowler on the singles, uh, I did. But but that was obviously extra. But just the the whole week itself, it just it was so perfect. You know, yeah. the the crowds were amazing. The 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 course was unbelievable. Uh, Love that course. Um, the weather was great. It was. And, and I was there. I was. And it's very special. I was there know, on the Friday, the city. first tee, and I remember getting there super, super early, running to the grandstand. The oh, grandstand yeah. was ginormous. It was. <laughs> and I was looking down. At it was these, like seven, eight thousand people. There. It, was it was crazy, like... and we were there from literally dark and as the sun started to rise it's quite an early tee off that first yes. day yes it is you must warm up almost in it the was dark cold. it was yeah, cold it was. you remember yeah and everyone was cheering and the chants and the and the thunderclap that started to come in and just the the i mean i'm getting goosebumps mm-hmm. now even just thinking about it when i look down at that first tee shot it was quite a hard one in paris as well water left you got to bend it around the corner a and little the, bit rough on the right was high yeah and I'm looking at that and going, I honestly, I'm looking at this and I don't understand how they can hit the golf ball. I, and, and nobody hit a bad shot. I'm looking and going, every single one of these guys are just stood there and they've got balls of bloody steel. <laughs> and I remember, uh, I didn't play in the morning, but I played in the afternoon with uh, with Alex Norin. Yeah. We played in the foursomes and I teed off on the first. And I remember I was in a three iron and... Uh, and it's funny because I got there. Yeah, it's not the easiest t-shirt in the world. And I remember I took it back. And when I took it back, my knuckle popped. No way. Yes. Has that ever happened before? A couple of times, but <laughs> not at that, not at moments like that. And I remember it popped and I stopped. And everybody got to go like, oh, oh, oh. you know, everybody, like the whole crowd like oh started going, Ooh, what's happened? And obviously nobody knew. They thought they thought yeah. I stopped because I didn't. You can't exactly shout feel. it to eight thousand yeah. people. <laughs> but I remember I felt it, and I'm glad I stopped because you know I felt it perfectly. I, I got back, and as soon as I started going down, my middle knuckle just pop, and I was like, "Oh my god, what happened?" <laughs> oh so my I stopped, god! And then I obviously I, I hit a good T-shirt, and and then we ended up, uh, you know, we ended up destroying Mickelson, and I don't know who else it was, but. Uh, um yeah so that was that was funny i mean that that's uh, luckily that didn't happen on u.s turf yeah because that would have been you would have got a lot of abuse then <laughs> because what what are the the you know 
obviously I know you spend a lot of time now in the USA, but if you're a part of a, an away team in the US, they don't care about that. You're it's a European tough. and they, they want to, they want to, yeah. I think in New York, it's going to be brutal. Did, did you find that that was, the, did that inspire you? Did it motivate you or did you find it very difficult to play against the US team on US soil? It definitely, the way I look at it, it definitely motivates me. Uh, and I think everyone should look at it that way. If they didn't care about you, if they didn't see you as a threat, they wouldn't do anything. No. So obviously the way I look at it is that, you know, they see you that, you know. They need guy, to intimidate you. They're dangerous. So we, <laughs> we got to try everything to make them feel as uncomfortable as possible. So that's the way I look at it. And, and you know, it's if you if you, if you look at it that way, I think it's, you know, it's it's fun and it's challenging and, and you know, it, it kind of drives you. And to follow up on the other question, three favorite partners. Oh, sorry. Um, three favorite partners. Um, I would I would say Jesper uh, because it was my first one and it was great. Uh, I mean, I had it's difficult to just pick three. I had I had many. Uh, Luke Donnell, uh, we had a great partnership together. We were unbelievable in foursomes, uh, both foursomes and, and formals, but mostly foursomes. Um, and then I would I would have to say I would have to say uh, Lee. Uh, we had great, great partnerships, but also Olazaba was great. Uh, I mean, I played with Rory too, and we had great partnerships. Uh, I played with John, and we had great yeah. partnerships. So it's difficult to just pick three. Uh, but if I had to just pick three, I would say Jesper, because he was the first one, and it was great. Luke, because I, we felt really comfortable, and, and we did really, really well together. And probably, um, yeah, I probably would say... Westy, uh, Westy, maybe maybe John Ram, maybe Olafavel. I suppose to, to to some degree that tells me almost a lot about you and your place. It sounds like the captain was comfortable putting you with with most people. Yeah, but I'm guess I had I had a bunch of different parts. Yeah. And, and we did we did quite well. Uh, we did very well. You <laughs> <laughs> did very well. And I suppose that that, that kind of shows strength in your game that you can you can almost adapt to any of these golfers. It doesn't matter if you're playing with a John Rahm who's a very different character to a Luke Donald mm -hmm. you know you, you're, you're obviously a very good team player in that scenario where you and your partner get the best results anyway yeah I try to I try to make make sure that my partner feels as comfortable as possible yeah. so he can play his 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 game the best way possible yeah that's i think that's that's the most important thing that that you can do uh because i'm not going to tell my partner how to play and he knows what to do uh but if you just make him feel comfortable make him feel confident um i think then he can he can just do what he knows how to do and 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 just have fun with it and and i think that's that's the most important thing nice little segue coming from the most decorated successful radical player Two, a little bit off topic. I want to talk about football for a second. Okay. And soccer, as, as the US would call it. You're a Real Madrid fan, right? Yeah. As a young lad from England who just joined you, Jude Bellingham. Ooh, is he going to be the greatest player ever? Man, he's, he's, I, I love watching him play. He's, he's unbelievable. So good. He's so good. And he's, and he's, it looks like he's gotten even better. This I year. know. I mean, he like has. he's he's already with with his goal uh, yesterday at the Champions League. He's he's got he's had his best season scoring wise already, and it's and it's only November, pre, pre Christmas. I know. So, uh, but he's uh, and 
you know, Henio Chacarra, who plays for Fireballs too, he's, he's a big Real Madrid fan. So we, we text each other a lot when, when they're playing and stuff. And what I tell him is that what I love about Jude is not only, you know, how good he is, the quality he has going forward and everything. It's he he's happy to come back and pressure and then tackle people yeah. and, and everything. So it's He's got it all. He's got it all. And and he's strong, he's obviously he's 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 a good finisher, uh, probably better than I than I thought. And for uh, a midfielder, was, yeah, for a midfielder, it's he uh, scores so many goals, and he's very smart. If you if you if you notice, very rarely he he's is in offside position. Yeah, very rarely he's very smart with that. His timing is very good. So uh, so that obviously it's a uh, it's a big plus. Yeah, I mean obviously I'm we're super proud of him being from England and it's and it's helping you the should England be. team as well. <laughs> you look at the moment with football, we've got Jude Bellingham and Harry Kane both firing on all cylinders. Both unfortunately left the or not part of the Premier League. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the uh, the the future is hopefully bright. Have you got a chance to meet Jude Bellingham just yet? I haven't. I haven't yet. Uh, obviously, I have a good relationship with Real Madrid, but uh, but I haven't been able to to meet him yet. But hopefully, hopefully one time soon. It's really funny because my uh, my son, who is now five, he's called Jude, and it was quite kind of a, not a super popular name when when my little boy was born and okay. was a dead cool name I thought yeah it's great no one's really gonna have Jude and I, and I remember a couple of, a year later I was like there's a young lad that plays football called Jude who plays for Birmingham like, it, won't, it won't really matter <laughs> now it's one of the most popular boys names because of Jude Bellingham right. <laughs> every, you look at every new kid boy it's like oh I thought we had a really unique <laughs> name and now you know everybody's got it but that, that's crazy yeah. so what's interesting that going from Ryder Cup team to then obviously Real Madrid as a team mm. to now your new team the Fireballs and your transition into Live. It's been two years now playing Live Golf. Um, have you been finding it? Yeah, it's been great. Uh, I've uh, I've really enjoyed it. I think that, like like we were talking earlier, you know, I, I ride a cup. It's probably where I've performed my best throughout my career, and and the team aspect of it is probably one of one of the reasons why I've always I've always enjoyed that that kind of feeling and camaraderie and, and, and stuff. So I, I played soccer growing up quite a lot and, and you get a lot of that there. So um, yeah, so it's it's fun to to be a part of it, to be a part of uh, something different, different project, a different um, feeling. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, we're we're obviously working hard to, to make it uh, the best way possible, but uh, we're, yeah, we're enjoying it. And what, what I'd like to explore this question. What are your three most enjoyable aspects of live golf right now? And also, what are three things that you've either want to improve or you're not particularly as happy with at the moment? Um, I think uh, the three best things uh, in live for me, uh, one would be the team, yep. the team aspect of it. Uh, I think it's, it's very unique. Uh, and in golf, it's even more unique because we've always played individually. So that's, uh, you know, that, that I think that's probably the, the most important one. Uh, the, the, the other one for me, it's, you know, the, the, the difference you get in, in calendar and scheduling. Uh, obviously, the extra time you get, like, for example, now I have three months off. Yeah, an off season. Yes, so you do. So, like, if you have any injuries, uh, you can kind of make sure you take care of them and, and, and be be good for for the next season without missing any tournaments yeah um you want to spend more time with your family 
you know obviously that helps things like that um, and uh, so those those two things are, are great obviously you know I'm, I'm I'm not naive so obviously we play for a lot of money so that also helps not only me but it helps my family it helps probably uh, my children it helps probably my children's children so um, you know you gotta you gotta look at all those things too uh, and it's and it's a project you know it's a it's a new project and it's exciting and and it's uh, you know it's the feeling uh, within uh, all of us it's 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 a lot different than than the PGA Tour or the European Tour uh, is and I'm not saying that they're that was bad because I had a great career in them and I and I very thankful for everything that I was able to achieve because of the opportunities they gave me but it's just it's just different you know it's less players it's uh, it feels like it's more like a like a big family yeah uh, or uh, you know compared to you know when you have four or five hundred members you know it's 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 a lot tougher to to take care of everything I guess um, so those those are some of the things that I I like the most about yeah. about live. I think obviously there's you know it's it's a new thing, uh, so it's a it's a startup. So obviously there's a, there's things that that need to improve and get better. I think that uh, um, you know uh, the way we pro we show ourselves is probably has to improve and and it's improving. Uh, I think that uh, the communication uh, sometimes uh, it's a little bit slower than than you want it. Uh, and uh, you know and like I said it's a startup so there's there's always things that you you have and and want to improve the good thing is that we're all working together and they listen to us yeah. uh, for feedback and stuff like that so that's that's nice to know yeah uh, know that your tour is listening to you to try to be the best tour they can be and 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 you know be be better at uh, what they do and is that is that almost all players get a say or is it a pool of players is it just the captains or is it even is it a bit kind of a mixture of every everyone i think it's i think it's look we we have a survey that we do every after every week oh really yes uh, about and they asked us about how was the course how was the tournament how do we feel about it any comments that we want to make and then uh, and then obviously that they, they will come to to the to the captains and ask for a few more uh, comments yeah. here and there, but uh, but they ask all of us that play the tournament for a feedback on that week, and we all give our more sincere feedback to because we want we want the tournaments to to be the best possible, mm. not only for us but for the fans and and you know for everyone that is involved. So um, you know, so that's uh, I think that's nice. I think what, what's interesting, I've, I've had the luxury now of speaking to Ian Poulter. Bryson DeChambeau and yourself, who have all obviously now live players. What there's, for me, there's a bit, there's a bit of a trend. I've asked a very similar question to all three, and the number one thing that does come up is the team element, and and it's very interesting because obviously I'm asking the players and how their what's their um, positives as such, and they are very similar: the team, the schedule, and, and the money. And I think where it's quite... They did, they did call me and told me that that's what they said. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, it was, it, that was very well, very well thought. But what, what's interesting with that, I think that's, those three elements are the things that maybe the fan isn't quite catching on yet. Because I, I believe the play, I do actually believe the players 
enjoy the team element mm -hmm. i do and you see that you know i understand that you've there's four of you and and it feels like you're a bit of a community and it feels like you've got each other's back and if if you potentially have a bad round you've got three other players that could potentially boost you up the leaderboard I kind of i see all that and from from the in inside it i get it from a scheduling standpoint again for a player brilliant certainly you know if you you've played busy schedules mm -hmm. to now to be able to play for you could only play 14 events there's quite a lot of live players now that do only play 14 events yes. throughout the year and obviously the money is mm -hmm. obviously hugely beneficial I totally get that i think where the the miscommunication is comes on to the negatives because again your negatives are quite aligned with pulter and, right. and license <laughs> as well is the fact that i don't know if that message is reaching the fans i think the fans first off and let's be frank they're not really that bothered about how much money you're making really yeah and i've always been on this i, I believe that good talented golfers should make as much money as physically possible because you you're bloody good at the game and you entertain mm -hmm. and you provide a Thank great you. service <laughs> and, and, and never worried about that and when you look at tiger's career and how much he's won or golfers in the past it's like yeah fair dues you've bloody you've deserved that amount of money um i think where it the media has definitely twisted this now is it feels like the main focus is all about money like as soon as a team wins or an individual wins it's plastered four million dollars for the winner it's like oh come on guys like what about the score what what who 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 played it well or who scored it well and i think the team element at the moment i'm and again you'll probably see it a bit more on site at every single live event is I feel like it's hard to really for fans to engage with the team you know to really support the fireballs or the crushers or smash GC or whatever it may be how do you see that potentially improving how can fans become a fire fireballs fan or or even pick a team in general yeah. really yeah it's it's a great question I think that uh, that's that's what we're working on I think that you gotta realize that also uh you know, a lot of a lot of that media is not pro live, so they're not they're not gonna po uh, they're not gonna say or they're not gonna write the best thing uh, or what's gonna look the best for for us. So we, it's just a matter of ourselves, you know, making uh, making a, a strong effort and and showing our fans, you know, what's going on. Uh, how hard we work for it what what we all the things we're trying to do to uh, to connect and 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 build a, a relationship between the fans and the teams and you know I've always said the beautiful thing is like you're you're a football fan so I am, you, so I'm, a would, so, I'm a Manchester United so, fan. perfect so you will get this so look even better Cristiano Ronaldo yep. played for both your team and my team yeah I'm sure you, you're a, rap, uh, a Ronaldo fan. I am. Me too. But more than anything, you are a Manchester United fan. Yeah. More than anything, I'm a Real Madrid fan. Yeah. So obviously, I follow Ronaldo, but I don't follow him as much anymore because he's not playing for my team. Of course. So that's the beauty of live. Uh, I think that everyone can have their player that they follow, they can follow Sergio, they can, I, I love watching Sergio, I love watching DJ, I love watching Brooks, I love watching Bryson, and whoever it is. But more than anything, the connection that you can get to a team, like you do in other sports, that's what, that's the, the that's 
a great possibility, a great opportunity for us. And, yeah. and that's, that's, that's what we want to work hard and, and, and make sure that, you know, we do the right things to, uh, to, to get that engagement from the fans into the teams. And then you can follow your, you know, favorite player. Oh, yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, I can be a Fireballs fan and I can be a fan of, of DJ yeah. uh, or, or Brooks or whatever. But more than anything, I'm a Fireballs fan. Yeah. Like that. So, so I think that, like you said, you know, working hard, obviously, um, it's, it's a lot of work because at the beginning, you know, we had so much bad press uh, because, you know, there were they were all pro PGA and, and we were competitors of the PGA. Mm-hmm. We're still competitors of the PGA too. So obviously they they didn't that wasn't good for them. So so the only thing they could do was to make us look as bad as, as, as they could. And and then I think that that's kind of changed already. I think that people are starting to see more everything that is going on and, and, and realizing them making their own opinions and, and, and decisions, I guess. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's obviously a working process and, uh, and, you know, we, we try and, uh, we're trying to make sure that, you know, our fans see, uh, our product and our teams for, for what they are and, and get connected to them. I think the, the the challenge is you're right. I think most time when you support a, a football team or a soccer team, it's it's from your area. I was born in Manchester. I'm a Manchester United fan. Yeah. Obviously, you know you you support Real Madrid fan, and and often 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 also it is influenced maybe by your family, mm-hmm. like so, your parents who are Manchester yeah. United fans. Like my my little boy now. We don't live in Manchester right now, but I'm encouraging him to support Manchester United. I mm-hmm. bought him a Manchester United my, shirt. My dad, like, my dad is from Madrid and he was a Real Madrid fan. And when I grew up, obviously Madrid was huge, but we we live actually closer to Barcelona than to Madrid. Yeah. Uh, but we're always Real Madrid fans. So yes, it, it's totally like that. But when you actually look at you, so you've got that, you've got an, a location, a pin on the map to say, if you're somewhere in that area, that's the team you should support to some degree. Mm-hmm. But then... You also look at how long have these clubs been going for? Long, long, long time. Yeah. And and I do believe as much, I think I, I still it's hard because I do think there's a missing link somewhere about how can fans really support a team? Because there isn't that pin in the map. Yeah. It's not as if, obviously you could argue as a little bit more kind of Spanish team, but it's not, it's not like, yeah, it's, it's the Spain team. It's not, you could argue the Majestics are a little bit more the English team, but mm-hmm. you've obviously then got Henry Stenson's that kind of, it's not just an English team. Yeah. I feel like if it was almost locations, but then in America, you've got, you can't just have an American team. You'd have about six or seven American teams, yeah. you know? So that, I think that's a hard thing. And then there's, there's just not enough legacy yet. It's only two years. Correct. So there's not there's not it, that passing take, down the button. It's 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 like everything, you know. It's like, you know, when Manchester United started, or when Real Madrid started, I'm sure they didn't have. Oh God, no! A hundred million followers. Not a chance. So not a chance. You, you gotta you gotta build it up, and and yeah, I think in in golf it's a little bit it's a little bit tougher. To but but we're working on that, you know, on making like teams that okay this team but you know it's just a matter of finding where and and it, it's in golf is a little bit different than than soccer or uh, football or anything like that because um, you know y- y- 
like everyone lives in their own place Constantly. with their own family and then we meet for the tournaments and stuff like that but uh, you know the, we're, we're looking at possibilities of making like a headquarters somewhere nice. where the firewall or you know other teams and, oh, and then, that'd be quite you know so and, and, and to be honest I, I think things like this Sergio you've been willing enough today to jump on a podcast and chat thank you and I think people need to see that a little bit yeah. and be able to go on the golf course today and shoot a really cool video fun video where they'll go you know what I love Sergio before I, and again I'm, I'm sure this has been the I case <laughs> <laughs> there's been a few guys that might have, you might have lost some fans as some other live golfers but then coming out on a video like today and it's like Cause I love Sergio. It's mm-hmm. pretty Sergio. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I think, I think putting yourself in those situations as well, the lift players putting themselves out there and being a bit more open and going, okay, come and get to know me again. If if yes. you feel like you've you've lost the connection, let's see if we can make that connection again. Mm-hmm. How do you feel like professional golf is right now as a whole? Because a lot's changing, isn't it? You know, it really is. You know, you look back at when you first started your career to, to now, it's it's a whole different ball game. Do you think golf? professional golf is in a better situation right now do you think it is going to get even better or do you think it's going to not improve do you think we're on a bit of a down downward spiral i'd love to hear your take i think um i think obviously i think uh the game of golf uh i think COVID helped a lot uh, you know a lot more people got into golf so that obviously that was a, a, a nice rise for us uh, I think that this little bump uh, I, I, I'm gonna call this a little bump you know because mostly I don't think that having PGA Tour live European Tour Asian Tour all, all these different tours uh, that, that's good that's good for the game at the end of the day the more possibilities the more uh the more engagement that you can you can bring to people to watch to watch your game that's always positive yeah the the media didn't help because of all the things that that they did and because of that you know there were some confrontations between among players and stuff like that and that that that's a little bit disappointing i think that now we're starting to go back up again. I think that relationships are better, um, not only for me personally, but uh, I think for for many other uh, many other players. And uh, and I think at the end of the day, that's that's the most important thing. At the end of the day, what we're trying to do is obviously we're trying to play the game that we love, which is golf, make a living on it, but at the same time, just try to help it grow as much as possible. Uh, because with all the respect. You know, Tiger will be gone. I will be gone. Rory will be gone. Westy will be gone. Uh, Brooks will be gone. All, all these guys will be gone at some point, and the game will still be here, and it has to keep going. So we have to keep engaging into those young people. The, the, that's the future of our game. And, and, uh, and to be totally honest, when it comes down to live, I, I like one of the things that I like about it is that we have a lot more younger people engaging into it, which is great. I, I've been to a, to a live event. I went to London last year. It is a it is a younger audience. Yeah, it is, and that's, and and that's and there's no and, way of denying that. We love the oldies, and 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 we need them too. But the future of the game comes from down there, not, not yeah. from up here. And you just see, you know, the the events at like Adelaide in Australia. Uh, from what I understand, that's a that's a really energetic, yes. young, excitable audience as well. Yes, and also 
um, something that people don't realize uh, is that a lot of these countries, a lot of these places, for them is their first time really getting these kind of name players yeah. playing there. Like even Balderrama, of course. which is an unbelievable course, and my favorite golf course. They've never had a field like the one they had in Live this year. No. Uh, and and they had so many so many events there, you know that. But Australia, yeah. they've had great great names there playing Australian Open and stuff like that. But they've never had this amount no. of, of a mate. So the excitement that it is globally, it's it's great. And and we we had we have to take care of that yeah. we, because we're the ones playing more globally and 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 you know and going to different places uh, and you know the, the the PGA tour it's a it's an amazing tour but they're mostly in America yeah, of and course so the rest of the world also deserves to 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 watch great great players uh, playing in their country and and that's that's what we're you know focusing on and taking advantage of yeah because I, I mean I do a lot of um, I've done a lot of filming at JCB golf and country club mm -hmm. which is in the middle middle of the UK not far from Birmingham where Drew Bellingham's from and next year there's a live event there yeah and mm -hmm. it was funny because I, I saw an Instagram post that went up and I was like oh what's the, what are the comments going to be like I'm like this will be interesting I thought and just factor I'm like oh my god like everybody's excited yeah it's like we never get certainly if you're in a pocket of the world and you don't get luxury of having a tour event on your doorstep to be able to have one certainly if, it's not far from the belfry jcb and it's like people can go i can come from the north i can come from the south i can come from the i can come from all four corners of the uk to come and watch a high quality golf course at one of the best golf courses in the uk by the way okay. it's a phenomenal golf course it really is it, so. there's a par three the 17th that's 250 yards island green <laughs> now it doesn't quite play that so it, it, it's, it's down it's downhill and i don't think they'll play it as far as that and when i say island green it is an island green but it's not sawgrass island green okay. there's a green and then there's a surrounding area so you can miss the green and still be on dry land but it's a phenomenal hole it really is i'm excited to see that you know seeing would again me playing there and i've, I've had the luxury of filming there many times would I have ever envisioned a future where I know that Dustin Johnson is going to be hitting from there, you're going to be hitting from there, Brooks Kepka's hitting from there, Bryson DeChambeau, I want to see Bryson hitting a bloody nine iron into that green. <laughs> and it's like, that's exciting. It is because it's, it's you're trying to uh, attract a wider audience of golfers, yeah. definitely. Um, I, I'm going to come on some quick fires. We're going to finish up pretty soon. We're going to come on some quick fire questions in a second. I've got one quick question for you though. Fast forward 10 years, okay, from right now. Is there one thing in your career that you've not managed to achieve that you would have loved to and hoping you could have achieve, can achieve in the next 10 years? Yes. Golf-wise? Career-wise, golf-wise, career-wise. The Open. The Open. You want to win the Open. I would love to. You've come second twice, right? Yes. Royal Liverpool, was it, against uh, Tiger? Yes, to Rory and uh, Carnoustie. To Harrington in the play. Yes. Was the was the Royal Liverpool one where you were all, all in yellow? No, that was that was uh, when when Tyre won. That but was, it was I all finished, burnt out. Yes, I finished I finished fifth that year. Yeah, but I was I was up there on Sunday. Yeah. So the open the open is the one you want to win. Yes. Which obviously goes back to why you want to qualify it and why you want to get in. Correct. It. <laughs> it, anything else? Is there anything else that you feel that you? 
I mean, I'm, there's something obvious I feel like that was in your pathway and now has possibly been removed uh, Ryder Cup captain oh I mean yeah I guess in 10 years maybe yeah I mean, at the moment, I'm not thinking about right captain, about captaincy. You know, I, I feel like I can still bring a lot as a player. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yes, obviously, it's it's uh, it's it's a possibility. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what what happens and how it goes. But that there's also you know uh, a lot of work that we're doing with our foundations that that we want to keep doing and and that's important too because I, I feel like i've always said that i feel very fortunate about how well my life and my career is gone and i want to give back as much as possible as i can and the other thing that is also kind of giving back it's our uh, our academy the sergio garcia golf academy uh we just opened one in in castellon in my home course yeah uh, golf and uh we're looking at hopefully expanding uh in in the near future and you know i want to i want to that's another path to to get more more kids into golf that's exciting. And, and you know so yeah so those all those things are important are, you, are your kids getting into it yes uh azalea azalea does play um she uh i mean it's only she's only five and a half uh into so three and a half he plays a little bit but uh, but Azalea does have her lessons here at Spanish Oaks and, nice. and with a great teacher and uh, uh, she enjoys it. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> um, we've got some quick fire questions, right. okay? I'm, I'm actually going to pick some real fun ones as well, okay? These are probably questions that you, hopefully you've never been asked before. <laughs> Andrew Law, how many pairs of shoes do you take to a golf event? Golf shoes. Golf shoes. Um, probably a little less than I used to. I remember... I remember in my in my good old days with with Adidas, where I would mix all kinds of colors and stuff. I would take probably my five pairs of shoes. So one for um, practice day and then four different tournament days potentially. Yeah, depending on what I was gonna wear. You know, the ones with the green stripes, ones with the yellow stripes, ones with the red stripes. One so, but uh, now now I usually probably take. Three pairs, I would say, a pair of white, a pair of black, and then maybe a, a pair of like a different different color, you know. Because you, you're uniformed every day now in live, aren't you, for yes. fireballs? So you've got to match uniform, I guess, haven't you? Um, yes, I mean, uh, <laughs> but it's not it's not as easy, you know. When when you when you're not with a, a shoe company, uh, it's not as easy to ask them to. To make them your colors for okay. your for your team. If you if you're with a shoe company, then it's a little bit easier. I'm sure a shoe company will make you some bespoke Sergio I mean, Garcia yeah. shoes. <laughs> I mean, I'm still wearing Adidas shoes, but but obviously they're not they're not with with fireballs, which uh, would obviously make it more fun. Dixon, oh, this is an interesting question. Does playing golf feel like work or play? No, to me, to me, I love I love playing golf. So it. Uh, I know it's my job, but but I, I I really enjoy it, and and I I still enjoy practicing. And I think that as long as I love I love competing, but as long as you enjoy practicing, it never feels like a like a job. That's a good, good answer. Um, this is one I always I do actually genuinely wonder. And I suppose it, this was when you were jet setting to all different parts of the world. More Dwight Foster, how do you deal with jet lag or recover from a long flight? 
to me, I think uh, I've always felt like flying west is much easier than flying east. Uh, but the the way I, I try to, it's you try to stay awake. Flying west is easier because, you know, you you get to whatever you come from Europe, you get to the US, um, you stay you stay up until eight or nine at night. And it's like yeah. three in the morning yeah. for you. And you just have a late night. Yeah. So but but at least you go to sleep, you wake up, you probably wake up like at four in the morning or something, but at least you feel like you slept through yeah. the night. Going east is a little bit tougher because, you know, 12, 12 at night is six in the afternoon. Yeah. So it's difficult to get yourself to sleep at that that time but i think i try to even if i'm tired throughout the day I try to stay up no no nap or anything like that so hopefully when it's time to go to to bed you're tired you go to sleep and you hopefully sleep through the night we're after this we're flying from dallas to dubai nice good luck <laughs> <I know. laughs> um chris Mearns, do you have any golf superstitions uh i mean i don't know I guess you could call it superstition. I like, I like a, a few things to be a certain way. Uh, it makes me feel more comfortable. So I like my my clubs to be on the bag, set up in the different pockets, the right clubs in those pockets. That's the way I have it set up. And so if one club is in the wrong pocket, I put it back where where it should be. It kind of bothers me a little bit. I don't know if because I'm I'm a little bit OCD or, or neat or something. And then the other thing is why I like all my all my zippers to be closed. You like all you want to be my zippers. Oh really? The zippers they have to be closed. If they're not closed, I'll close it. I just <laughs> I just can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the last question. This is from a Mister Anonymous. Uh, do you think you're going to beat Rick Shields, uh, giving him a ten shot head start? Uh, I never played against you. I hope so, <laughs> but uh, but I know he's going to give me a. I know he's going to give me a run for it. So, you know, if you if you can manage to shoot. If you can manage to shoot under, this is par. This is par seventy-one. So if you can manage to shoot under seventy-four, I think I think you have a very good. I mean, unless I go crazy, I think you have a good chance. Well, we have a series break seventy-five. So any any time I'm I break seventy-five, I'm happy. So yeah. so if I, how many times you won? Uh, have you beaten anyone? I'm gonna give you a little clue. No. <laughs> That's a big and clue. Every <laughs> every single match has gone down to the eighteenth. As really? in like the last put. Really? Every single one. Ooh. All right. So Tommy Fleetwood, Lee Westwood, Ian Poulter, Adam Scott, Bryson DeChambeau. Every single one has gone quite literally to the ball dropping into on the last hole. All right. Well. So I'm excited about this one. Guys, thanks very much for listening, watching. <laughs> Thank Sergio, you. thanks for your time, honestly. I really appreciate My it. My pleasure. Um, good luck next year with the fireballs. Um, and again, it, this podcast, I'm sure you're open, open and honest answers. You've probably converted a few fireballs fans. So that's Thank good you. to hear. Thanks, everybody. Awesome. Check nice out the home. podcast coming out next soon. And uh, let's get on the golf course. Hopefully, go. it's not raining. Yes. <laughs>
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.